baby steps. We understand it physically when a young child gets to the point where he or she is able to crawl a little bit and then stand and balance. He doesn't begin running 100-yard dashes immediately. The baby begins wobbling a little bit and learning what it means to support himself or herself. And you acknowledge that. You said he or she is learning to walk, taking baby steps. And then maybe when we're learning a new skill or a task, maybe you're learning a new subject in school, you understand that there is incremental learning. You don't gather everything at once. You don't just soak everything up all at once. You take little bitty steps and you improve a bit at a time. And people say you're taking baby steps. But as we mature... We stop taking baby steps, or we should. You wouldn't want an adult at work, a teenager at school, wobbling around taking baby steps. You expect a person, as he or she develops mentally, physically, socially, you you expect that person to begin to master the concept of walking, and eventually be able to take not only baby steps, but big steps. Some big steps upstairs, crossing a puddle. And the same is true when you're thinking about employment or school. No one will be able to say, well, I'm still taking baby steps. You've been working here for 10 years. You ought to be past that. I'm still taking baby steps in this subject. This is the fourth year you've taken it. You should be able to to get beyond that now. Something is wrong physically, skill-wise, intellectually, if a person still is taking baby steps. The very same truth Apply spiritually. Any person who has received Jesus Christ as Savior and is still grappling with the very basic, small baby steps after years of professing to know Christ has something not right. Because as we grow, we stop taking baby steps and we start taking big steps. I want us to look at this idea today, big step business. That's what God is in the business of doing, calling us to take big steps. And so if you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, I want us to look at the exchange between the angel Gabriel... And Mary, when he announced to her that she was going to give birth to Jesus. Now, the passage actually begins in verse 26 where the angel appeared. And it kind of gives some biographical stuff there, some geographical stuff. But I want us to pick up with the actual conversation beginning in verse 38. I'm sorry, verse 28. Verse 28. The Bible says, And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. You can imagine, very often people attributed an angel's appearance to bad news. 
hey, you have crossed the line and now trouble is coming. And so Mary was a little uncertain about what was going to happen. She was deeply troubled by this statement. Verse 30 says, Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. That is great news. There will not ever be one split second that Jesus Christ is not reigning. No matter how out of control things may appear to be, Jesus is in control. His kingdom will have no end. Verse 34 says, Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless for nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. I'm going to try to squeeze in maybe five or six ideas today about this big step business that God calls people to engage in as they mature in their relationships with him. First, taking big steps is a privilege. The angel first said to Mary, hail favored one. And then when, when Mary responded, the angel affirmed that again, came back and said, you have found favor with God. God is going to give you a privilege. He is going to give you a special assignment. This isn't reserved for just any, any common person. God has searched, he has discovered, and you are the one who is going to give birth to his son. Taking big steps for God is a privilege. Because God does not entrust certain big steps to every person. Mary was the one who received this privilege. Perhaps you're asking, well, how does someone get the privilege of being put in these positions? How how does one get the position of taking such big steps? Being faithful in baby steps. That's how a person reaches the point where God says, hey, I'm doing something special and I want you to be a part of it. It is our faithfulness in the small steps that God realizes or or that God proves to ourselves that, that we are able to handle the bigger steps. Every one of you who is a mom or dad, grandmother or grandfather, knows what I am talking about. You gauge the maturity level of your children before giving them some extra privileges. You may allow them to stay out a little bit later because they've demonstrated that they can come home on time when they have an earlier curfew. Now, that never worked for me. My curfew was 6.30. As long as I was in high school, I would be in the bed with the covers pulled up. Sun would be streaming in through the windows. But maybe as, as you watch your children, you discover they're able to handle this responsibility a little bit more. And so you keep giving them 
more privileges because of their handling of responsibilities. I've told you before about uh, my favorite non-ministry job ever when I worked at the radio station in West Point. And eventually I got to the point where I had my own show every afternoon from 3 o'clock until 7 and then from 10 o'clock until 2 on Saturdays. I loved that job. But do you know how I earned those hours on the, on the air? By being faithful when I wasn't on the air. I started playing commercials in between football games. Jack Crystal or whoever was announcing Ole Miss or USM, we carried all three games, would say we're taking two minutes for messages from our local sponsors. And I would be on the spot playing those four commercials from State Farm Insurance or the Quick Shop or wherever. And the station managers would pay attention and would say he's paying attention to the game. He's, he's playing the commercials. Maybe we can entrust him a little bit more. I got the extra time that I wanted by being faithful when I didn't have that. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, I'm glad to hear that, Gary, because we always thought that everything just kind of fell into your lap because of your good looks. You know, people always kind of get a pass on that. Whenever we want God to use us in big ways, we have to be faithful in the small ways. There are lots of people who would say, oh, God, please use me to do something big. God, use me in big ways. God, work through my life in dramatic ways. And they really want to be part of the center of the spotlight in those areas, but they are utterly unfaithful when they are out of the spotlight. The things that, that they should be doing well, they aren't doing well. And so God says, well, I will choose someone else. This is the one that gets that position. Taking these big steps for God is a privilege. It's something that God, that God calls everyone to, but not everyone masters the baby steps well enough to be able to take the big steps. The second thing that I want to show you from these verses is that when God calls us to take big steps, His presence assures us. God doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't, he doesn't abandon us and say, hey, I hope that you can do the best that you can in this. In fact, after the angel spoke to Mary and, and um, said to her, um, Hail, favored woman, you see that in verse 28. He said, the Lord is with you. Mary, what I am about to tell you is going to stagger you. You are going to be astonished. You will be knocked backwards when you hear God's plans for you. But through every step of the way, God will be with you. Every step that you take, every challenge that you face, the Lord will be with you. I'll confess, there have been plenty of times... When, when I have sensed God calling me to do something that, that was difficult for me. And the only confidence that I had, the only confidence you have, when God calls us to take big steps, is that He tells us that He will be with us. Regardless of what may come, God says, I'm going to be with you through this. 
The third thing that I want you to see here is that whenever God calls us to take big steps, they are unsettling to us. We like to, set, we, we like to coast along in comfort. We don't like things to be disturbed. We, we kind of get into a routine, and we don't like when things change from that. We like what is more predictable. And so here, when the, when the angel appeared to Mary, you can understand that she would be uncertain. In verse 29 tells us, but she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. What could God be calling me to do? When God calls us, to take big steps, those big steps often are very intimidating for us. They knock us off of what is, uh, what is predictable for us, and we get a little bit off balance and out of kilter. And I want to use this as an object lesson here. You probably, if you're an adult, don't do this quite as much as you used to, but maybe you still do, and younger people, teenager, teenagers and children might. Have you ever sat in a chair like this one, and then rocked it back on two steps, I mean on two legs like that. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. My legal team is ready to pounce. <laughs> they know how much money Presbyterians have, and so they're ready to, to, at a moment's notice. So I'm not going to balance in this chair. But have you ever, have you ever been in a chair like this and you had it perfectly balanced and then someone came up behind you, and they, they didn't do much. They just put a little bit of pressure like that, and you immediately started reaching out thinking that you were going to topple backwards. When God calls us to take big steps, our lives are sort of this way, and then God steps in and disrupts that some and says, I'm asking you to do something that's going to make you very uncomfortable. I'm asking you to do something that maybe you've never done. I'm asking you to stop doing something that you find very familiar. Big step business is very unsettling. Now at this point, I want to insert something. If someone is sitting out there thinking... I really don't remember the last time that God called me to do something unsettling. I, I, if you're asking me about my own relationship with God, I really don't remember the last time that I had to reach out and grab onto something because I, I haven't been unnerved. Then I would ask you to hold up the mirror of God's Word. To say, God, am I really walking with you? If you take a quick, even a quick tour through this book, you will discover that those heroes we admire most and who were most pivotal in the work that God was doing had to take very uncomfortable steps. Abraham. Leave everything that is familiar to you. Leave everything that provides any source of security for you. And I want you to go live in a different place. I'm not even going to tell you where that place is. I'll only tell you when you get there. Unsettling. Moses, you get up in the morning. You watch over these sheep. 
You herd the goats together. I want you to go back down into Egypt where your life will be threatened. And I want you to lead my people, not through a quick, convenient journey, but to wander 40 years in the wilderness so that my people can be home in the promised land. I could start naming character after character after character, but you will not find one whose life plays a major part in this book that did not have uncertain steps to take. And the same is true in the work that God is doing in the world today. There is not, I want you to hear me, there is not one single individual whose faith life is on cruise control that God is using in any significant way. I said what I said. There's not one individual whose spiritual life is on cruise control that God is using in any significant way. The way that God uses us is when we open ourselves to Him with such freedom that God is able to do something in us by calling us to take such a big step that we know, God, unless you come through for me, I am going to fall, fat, fall flat on my face. We have a Christmas story because of Mary who said, I've never been in this position before and, oh God, I can't even believe what you're saying. They're uncertain. They're unsettling. Let me move on quickly. I've got three other, three other ideas that I want to share. Big step, business, also gives us partners who can take the journey with us. You might remember, I'm not going to take the time to read this now, but you might remember when we were going through this section that when the angel Gabriel delivered to Mary what she was going to do, what God's calling for her was, he said, Mary, I know exactly what you're facing. I know how nervous you are. I know how anxious you are, but you don't have to go through this alone. Elizabeth also is also in this purpose. It's a different part of it. It's a different chapter. But God is doing something significant in her as well. And so you will be buddies going through this together. You're going to take some very, very big steps. But you will have someone with you who says, look, I know what it was like for me. What was that like for you? You can lean on each other. Seminary days were like that for me. I left Mississippi State University, moved down to New Orleans, and that was a, that was a big step for me because I went down there not knowing a soul. I, there was not one person that I went, went to seminary knowing who was going to be down there. Got a random roommate, didn't know anything about that, and I, I'm not really a homesick type person, but I am a conservative, safe, let's have a plan person. And this is, this is when I realized just how alien I was. I never even thought about this. It never even crossed my mind. But the very first college football weekend, 
that I was in New Orleans, Mississippi State at that time, you know, not all of the games were on television. And so I said, well, I will just find them on the radio. Nobody in Louisiana cares about Mississippi State. There was not one single radio station that, that I could find to, to pick up the game. And so I got into my car and started driving up the interstate so that I could get close to Picayune, Mississippi, and maybe I would find something there. And I couldn't. It was this aching sense of, oh, God, what have I done? But what I discovered on the New Orleans Seminary campus was that there were other people just like me. They had come from South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia. One guy from Texas, but we kicked him out. (laughs) And we formed a bond with each other. We went through hard classes together. We studied Greek and Hebrew together. We cursed Baptist history professors together. And there was something about our togetherness that helped us get through it. You know what that's like. You've played on a sports team and you're bonded with the people who were on that team. You've been in the military. You went to to battles together. You've come out of those. There, There are always, when God tells us, here are the big steps that I want you to take, Mary, there's always an Elizabeth. And so we have partners who can go through this with us. The next thing that I want you to see, two more ideas, is that even when God calls us to do what seems to be impossible, it's possible with him. There have been times, surely for you, as for me, that, that God spoke to me or to you, and what he asked us to do, what he called us to do, made no sense. Looked like it was exactly the opposite of what we should do. And we might have even asked him, God, how is this going to work? Look at what the angel said to Mary. He he said to her, there in verse uh, 37, For nothing will be impossible with God. Those last two words are very important. The angel did not say, for nothing will be impossible. There are lots of things impossible for us. Did any of you, when you were in school, have someone come to your school and give you a big motivational speech on you can be anything that you want to be if you just work hard enough? Liars. (laughs) Liars. They do not tell the truth. We had a guy when I was in sixth grade at Central School in West Point, and he came, and it was the most inspiring day that I can remember as an elementary student. He had written a little book, something along the lines of, you can be anything that you want to be. And I'm telling you, man, we were, we were all sitting there, and I can remember as a sixth grader thinking, that's right. Or actually back then, that's right. That's exactly right, buddy. I can be. But he was wrong. He was bad, wrong. 
there are lots of things impossible for us. But the last two words of the sentence are, with God. God always says, if you will take the big step that I'm calling you to take, I'll give you everything that you need to make it happen. Well, the last thing that I want to share is that big steps always call for a decision. When God reaches into our lives and says, here are my plans and purposes for you, we always must make a decision. Mary's is in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. Now, I'm not naive enough to believe that every person in this room, despite the fact that we're here together on a Sunday morning, I'm not nearly naive enough to believe that every person is right with Jesus Christ. In fact, I know that, that the opposite is true. That not everyone here is tuned in with what God is saying to the degree that he's saying, here's the next big step. I know that there are baby step people here. I know there are no step people here. And so I don't really have anything to say to those people at this point. What I have to say to the people who desire for God to use them in his plans the way that he used Mary in his plans we have a decision to make and the decision is will we say as Mary did if that's what the Lord wants may it be I can't explain it I don't know how it's going to work out I don't have any details about it but here is the big step of faith God is calling me to take and even though that's the only information that I have, I'll take it and let God lead me from there. We take baby steps when we are learning to walk. But at some point, the time for baby steps is over. And the time for big steps comes. And that time is today. Our musicians are going to come and they're going to lead us in a song of commitment and I'd like to suggest a couple of possible ways that you may want to respond today. First, if you have never received Jesus Christ as Savior, the next step you should take is a first step. This baby, that angel, that this baby to whom Mary gave birth eventually lived a perfect life and as we talked about at the first part of the service died on a cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins and be given eternal life living as transformed brand new creatures and he swings the gates of heaven wide open to say if you want to be a part of what I'm doing you can come and so if there are people here today man woman college student teenager boy or girl and you are ready to take a step of faith toward Jesus. I'll be here to talk with you at the front. 
I recognize that the majority of us in this room at least would profess a relationship with Jesus Christ. And perhaps there is someone who would be honest enough to acknowledge, I am on cruise control. I cannot remember the last big step of faith that I took. In fact, I don't even remember God asking me to take a big step of faith. I'm just cruising along. But I genuinely desire for God to use me in profound and significant ways. And so would you just pray with me that God will show me the big step that he wants me to take? I'll be glad to do that. We're going to stand and sing together. And as we do so, I'll be here at the front for just a moment. Philip, what are we going to sing?